Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit School. I'm so excited to share my friend Debbie Squizero with you. How are you, Debbie? I'm wonderful, Danielle. I'm so excited you're here. So me and Debbie actually met probably about 18 months ago through Lindsay Marino's uh, Mediumship Mastery Circle and just kind of kept in touch, watched each other's journeys ever since then. And she recently made like a big transition in her life, a big decision. And I know this is something so many of us lightworkers are faced with. So I really wanted to have her onto the podcast and talk a little bit about it. But I want to start from the beginning, Deb. First, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do, how you do it, and then we'll talk a little bit about your origin story. Okay. So my name is Debbie Squizero. I'm from the United States in this little tiny state called Rhode Island. And um, I am a psychic medium. And um, it took me a long time to get here, but um, I'm here. And um, I do for work, I do my psychic medium stuff, um, which is I have a beautiful YouTube channel. Um, I do readings for people. I do the Zoom reading. I'll do a small group. I'll do a larger group. Um, I love my one-on-ones. So I do all of that kind of um, psychic medium work. And I'm really getting into manifesting Mm -hmm. and intention setting and gratitude. I've been getting into that for a while and it's hugely changing my life and my mediumship in such a positive way. So I want to, I also like to inspire people with that as well. So, and I I, love that. Thank you. And I'd like to also, the other part of my work that I'd love to do, I always say, I love to empower my clients with spiritual tools. So things that I've used in my life that have helped me. So when they sit with me, I'm always like, listen, I'm going to give you either spiritual homework or spiritual tool. And so many times, Danielle, they will come back and say, oh my goodness, you know, I did do it and it did change, you know, it helped them to change their life or make some important changes. So that's really um, near and dear to my heart that I can help them on both those levels, connect with their deceased loved ones, empower them, and then also guide them as well. I love that. I love that. So I just want to, I didn't think I was going to go here, but with the manifestation stuff, like what tools are you learning? Like, who are you learning from with this? I'm just curious about it. I get asked about it all the time. So that's what I want to say. Okay. And I just actually on my, um, my Instagram and Facebook, I just put out a a big post the other day about how I got into it. It's like a, like a little six page kind of post. And I got into, I was introduced to the teachings of Abraham and Hicks, Mm -hmm. uh, probably over 20 years ago from a local healer here in the States that I, she read for me and guided me. And um, she also introduced me to Wayne Dyer and Mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer also supports a lot of the teachings and is, was very supportive of Abraham and Hicks. Um, And then from there, like to like fast forward to 2006, the secret came out. So I started to learn about law of attraction. I started with vision boards and then it just kind of, as my life kept rolling in this switch with my mediumship I've been a I should back up and say I've been a teacher for 22 years Mm -hmm. special education early childhood teacher and um, so my spirituality with the manifesting was really coming forward I found I'd think about things and it would start to show up in my life when I started to um, just really implement gratitude every day and affirmations and visualization and like these three things, I, I figured out I'm a powerful manifester if I really put my mind to it and it blows me away. <laughs> and you and you can be, if you're dedicated to your energetic practice, you really can. You know, it's, I don't have any special superpowers. I just, I always say, listen, if you are stay consistent, strive for consistency and not perfection. And so I've just kept rolling over the years with like my vision boards. And as my mediumship became more prominent in my life and my spiritual work, um, the manifesting and the gratitude became more in my life. And so it was like kind of this like learning about it and then kind of rolling with it. And now it's like, I'll say it's converging and it has like just become my life, really. I, I live it every day. So that's how I, I love it. 
I love that so much because I get asked all the time because I've never studied anything manifesting, but I'm able to manifest a lot. And for me, it's been this, like, I receive something and I kind of look back. I'm like, what did I do? Like, how did I get this? And I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, I did actually like put this on a moon list and I, I did actually et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just recently, I've heard of Abraham Hicks for a long time, but I recently just started listening to them. Um, I'm a little bit of a stubborn person. Everyone kept recommending it. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, I I don't know what else I can get into right now, but I've absolutely loved Abraham Hicks. My friend Trish sends me videos all the time. Like if I tell her like, oh, I'm feeling down today, all of a sudden in my text, I'm going to get an Abraham Hicks video. I love that. (laughs) And they, and Danielle, you know what? They have cards. I love their cards. So if I just want a quick message, like I shuffle their cards up and get a message. Um, And Gabby Bernstein, I should also mention, she's another big one for manifestation, but I started with like you said, Abraham and Hicks. And I love that your friend does that for you. Oh I God. know. It's so funny. Yeah. I remember the first time I realized that I could manifest stuff. I did used to do vision boards every new year's, but I would like set it and forget it. I would like put it away and I have this absurd amount of money on there, like way absurd, like double the income I was actually making. And I was like, whatever, we'll see if I get it. And then sure enough, like December 28th that year, I came back from New Zealand and there was like a check in the mail from the government. They miscalculated taxes for the past seven years. And then I forgot all about that vision board. But a couple of days later, I went to go do my next one, pulled out last one. And I actually did the math. And I was like, oh my God, I actually got this amount. Like it came in a way I could not have expected. You know, I have, right now, you can see, I've got chills head to toe. I'm like, oh my God. And then there's no coincidence you took out that board when you did. Like, I'm, I'm truly covered with chills. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy good. I love that. Yes. And so I've manifested clients. Like I, you know, well, I, this is the other thing when I started doing mediumship and I was only doing it like on weekends, a couple weekends a month, cause I was working full time and had kids and husband who is not very supportive of this journey. And, uh, so I only had like six availability sessions a month. And so I used to ask my spirit guides and just say, you know, I only want six clients because I didn't like wait lists and yes. I would only get six. And I'm just like, I just have to ask. <laughs> And you know what some of my, this speaking of clients with that, like for, this is what I've learned on my manifesting with my affirmations. I say this all the time. I always say to spirit, please bring me clients that I can bless and that can bless me. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, it never goes wrong. And I try to tell as many people who do this, I'm like, just put it out there because they know who they're going to send to you, you know? And so I just put that affirmation out just like that. Yeah. Isn't it so crazy? They just they know. I feel like when you serve spirit, they just have your back all the time. And I always call, I call them my SST, my spiritual support team. And I'm like, they (laughs) always have my back. They're awesome. I love it. This is so great. Okay. So (laughs) let's go back a little bit to mediumship. Tell me about your journey with mediumship. Like where did it start? How did you develop? Tell me a bit about this journey. Sure. It's, it's been a heck of a travel adventure. I, I always say before I start this story that my life is nothing the way I thought it was going to be. Cause I thought (laughs) I would just be married, be a mom, have a couple of kids and be a school teacher for the rest of my life. I truly did. Um, yeah, there's no husband, no pet, no, (laughs) Um, and I just love teaching. So I'll back up and start now from the beginning where um, I was probably around six or eight years old when I would go to bed and I would say to my mom, mom, please close my closet door because people come out of the closet. And she'd be like, Debbie, what are you talking about? And Danielle, they looked like, you know, they were like shadowy figures like you would see in like a ghost hunter show. That's all I can describe them as. And they would come out of my closet and they would go in the hallway and I just I, I, they would scare the crap out of me. And I didn't know that even though my mother would close the closet door, that those people were still coming up because they're ethereal. <laughs> they are coming out no matter what, they're spirit, right? So, uh, and now I also know too, I always say, so knowing what we know about mediumship, we're a spiritual being, we come from a place of love. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's like a moth to a light. So at six and eight years old, you're not yet tainted by ego and life. And here's this love from the spirit world. It's like, and they just go together, you know, they just, they, they, like attracts like. And so I now understand at that young age that those were spiritual, beautiful beings of love that were just, we were coming together, but it was a lot to process at that time. Like, you know, most people, when that happens, when it starts young. So then from there, 
um, I always felt as I kept going, getting older, 10, 12, my teens, um, I felt like there was always somebody around me or somebody was watching me and not in a creepy way, but in a very peaceful, I have your back, you're okay kind of way. Then I get into my 20s. Oh, and I should back up and say too, when I was very young, like 10 teens, I, I would dream about my deceased loved ones. Mm. I've always been, always, I've always been a very vivid, colorful dreamer. And like, I can see down to a, the plaid in somebody's shirt. It's so vivid. And I would say to my mom in my teens, like, mom, so-and-so came to visit and this is what they had on. And this is what they said. And it was so clear to me. And I would feel very at peace or calm the next day, you know, and my mom would say, well, mom, they're just happy. They wouldn't talk to me, but I just knew they were happy. Like I just felt it. So then in my twenties, I kept having these dreams and um, I was very attracted always to like um, card readers and all that kind of stuff. So in my teens, I went now, I should also tell you, I was raised Italian Catholic um, and my parents are very uh, hardcore. We go every holy day of obligation. We go every Sunday. We go every holiday. We go, we go, we go. And Deb just wasn't embracing this whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I then went to this card reader in my teens um, when I was in high school with my girlfriend. She was like in the basement of some hair salon. And she read cards and I was like, oh my God, she's the greatest thing ever. I was so sucked in. Of course, I go home, tell my mom and she tells me it's against my religion and I'm read the riot act. And she does not think that now it's amazing what scares people when they don't understand. That's what I've learned too. So now that she understands, she's one of my biggest fans, <laughs> biggest supporters, but back like how many years ago, um, she didn't understand. So that from there, there was a lady in my twenties, uh, when I was in my twenties, I would go see this woman and she would read for me all the time. And she would say to me, Danielle, she'd be like, Debbie, you're good energy. And I'd be like, I, I don't know what that means. I'm too young to ask. I don't want to ask. I'm like, I've always had this, this problem of like speaking my truth. Um, you know, it just stays right in my throat and in the throat chakra and it doesn't come out and I'm not going to say anything. And so she would say that to me and she would read for me. And I was so intrigued. And one day she said to me, she goes, Debbie, you're going to do this work. And I said, Ellie, you are so full of shit. I'm not doing this work. <laughs> I said, I love coming here. I hear about my dead people. You tell me about my life. I go, and it's fabulous. I, I, you know, hindsight, such a gift, right? So we always fight. We resist the thing the most. So I'm rolling out with my life in my early 30s. I'm going through a very difficult emotional like turmoil in, in my life. And one of the ladies, this lady that read for me in my 20s, she actually moved to Canada. <laughs> so she wasn't here in the States anymore. And so at work, this one a teacher I work with, she said, Debbie, I know you're into all of this. And I know you're going through a hard time. She sent me to this local healer, the same one that got me into manifesting. And she sent me to this local healer. I sat with her and she um, told me again that I could, that I ha had this. And she goes, do you know that you can, I go, I, go, we, I only talk about that with my mom. I go, we don't, we don't have discussions about what goes on with all that, you know? And she was laughing. She's like, but listen, you could really help people. So I left there and I, I was processing everything she said to me. And I remember getting in touch with her saying, okay, if I really have this and I can do this, um, I said, I really want to help people. How, what do I do? And from there I started reading. Well, actually in my twenties, I read Jan, James Van Prague mm. kind of helped me with like the dreams and the afterlife. So then she's, I studied with her. She taught me about the angels. Um, she taught me about manifesting. She introduced me. I did so many workshops with her where she taught me how to unpack all of this energy and what to do with it. Um, and then from there, I just had like other, this was probably, I'm 50 now. So I was 30 when everything started opening up. And the thing was too, when I sat with her, Danielle, and I was going through so much emo emotional stuff. We know that that sometimes is a trigger for things like for spirit, just to light up and come out. And that's basically what happened to me. It was like, after I sat with her, it was like Pandora's box opened up. People walked by me and I could hear things. And I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be hearing that. So when I was at work one day, the teacher walked by me and I heard she's going to Ireland. And I said, I I'm going to go check on this. So I go into the teacher's room, followed her. And then I go, so-and-so, what, you know, what's new? What's going on? I haven't seen. She's like, oh, my husband and I, we just booked a trip to Ireland. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, I've got to learn how to control this. So I just took, studied with other mentors and took classes. And um, all the while, 
I've been doing two things. So I, as this whole mediumship thing is unpacking, I am a teacher, a full-time teacher. And I had another, I've always had two jobs in my life. And so I had this other job besides my full-time teaching job. I had this job of being an adjunct faculty professor at a local community college. And I just liked this very much. And so no coincidence, a friend of mine said to me, she gave me a massage one day. I saw she had Archangel Michael cards and I said to her, oh my God, let me tell you what's going on in my life. And she said, oh my God, I didn't know you were into this. She said, you're going to read here, Debbie. And I go, oh, oh no, I don't read for people. I said, I just told you I'm interested, but I don't read for people. And she said, no, you're going to read for me. And then you're going to read here. And I was like, oh. I was like, I don't think so. But then I thought about it, Danielle. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? I really don't like this other job. And if I can read for like two people a month, I don't even care. This is where my heart is. Let's do it. So while I was reading there, I did my like two people a month. I just read also simultaneously out of my house for, for nothing, just because I wanted to develop and I wanted to just see where it was going. I asked for guinea pigs. I'm like, whoever. And I had guinea pigs come forward and they were great. You know, I was so grateful. Um, and I just kept developing. And at that time too, nothing was online. Like the, we're so lucky and so blessed that there are so many resources right now because 20 years ago, there were no resources, <laughs> hardly any. It was like, just like locally at a metaphysical shop or a healer there or a healer here. And when Arthur Finley went online, I was like, oh, jackpot, you know, the Arthur Finley College in um, England, the spiritual college. And so I had hooked up with a couple of people online there. And then I just started, when I started at my friend's, Two clients eventually turned into like four, which turned into six. And then from that place, I graduated to another place and to another place all the while I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. So finally, I'm 10 years into doing my mediumship ten, and I'm into my teaching. And spirit is really trying to say to me, Debbie, you cannot keep up this pace. And all the while, you know how spirit is. They, they talk through people. And so people kept saying to me, why, why don't you just go do this work? I'm like, no, no, like I have this worthiness. Uh, worthiness is an issue for me, not just in my mediumship without, and it's throughout my whole life. It's just, it's, it's just something that I came here to work on, which starts with a family thread and it carries through work and it carries through myself and it carries into my mediumship. It's all about worthiness for me. And so people would, spirit would send me clients that would say, validate that I need to go forward with this. And the more they did, Danielle, the more I resisted, right? Because this is what we do. I, nope, I'm just going to teach because I really don't think I could fill the shoes that spirit wants me to fill for this. Part-time, yeah. Full-time, no, I don't think so. So Debbie kept plugging along to, and we're getting close to 10 years doing two things and my business is growing and growing and growing. And then my, my responsibilities at work are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, and, you know, we all have life that goes on. So I have other life problems that are going on as well. We all do. So we all have that, you know, stuff. So I've got all this stuff going on and I'm trying to balance it. I'm seeing that my, my mental health, my emotional health and my physical health, especially my physical health was deteriorating. And I, I've also had a weight loss journey through my years. Um, in my thirties, I had a weight, a huge weight loss journey and I was a personal trainer for a while. And so I know about taking care of my body. I know what I need to do and I'm not doing it. And I'm finding it harder to get out of bed because I'm exhausted. I'm giving 110% at teaching. I'm giving 110 or more at my job at the mediumship. And I'm trying to balance the energy. So the energy at school was kind of low. I'm going to say it was no, it was low vibrational. And so then I got to bring that up to get with my clients. And it was taking a toll on my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health to the point where um, I just... I like yourself, we have this thread guard. Like we, I ended up having this mental, emotional breakdown, stress induced breakdown where spirit was like, you're not listening. So now Deb Squizero, we take that rug, we rip it right up from underneath you and say, you're not listening to your soul's purpose. This is what you were supposed to do. You keep denying it. So now we got to show you the hard way because we tried to show you the easy way, the easier way, but you weren't listening. So um, I, and it's so funny how things happen. There are no coincidences. It started November of 2019 and the doctor wrote me out of work in January. By January of 2020, it got really bad where I just, I couldn't function. And um, she wrote me out of work January, February. I went back mid-March. Uh, Danielle, no coincidence. I was there seven days and COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> and says, Guess what? 
you're not going to go back to this place. You're going to go home and you're going to teach at home, but you're also going to have this space where you can continue to heal. During this time to heal, it became abundantly clear to me that I needed to take a leave of absence. I took a leave of absence from my teaching job. As soon as I said yes to that leave of absence, holy shit. <laughs> Opportunity. Um, uh, I mean, uh, it was just like my business ideas were just downloading. Creativity was out of control. I had to get a book to start writing everything down. I just, I could spend all day being connected to beautiful people like you because I was becoming resentful too that I could feel my heart wanting to be here, but I was at the teaching and I had this worthiness thing in my mind that I was not worth leaving teaching to do this full time and that I could never support myself. I needed a husband who had benefits, who had this, who had, that's the only way that I was going to do this. And you and I both know spirit has the most unexpected way of answering a prayer when you decide to heed your calling and live your purpose and live on your purpose. So I said, yes, and everything opened up. I took a year leave of absence. I've had the most amazing people like yourself and, and others just, it, it's been, I, I cry gratitude tears sometimes during the day because I say, I can't believe this is my life. I give myself a pinch test sometimes during the day. Debbie Squizero, pinch yourself because this is your life. You, you're living this freedom and you're helping people and inspiring people. And you are worthy of doing this <laughs> after. And I will say many years I took, three, like I would take three giant steps forward with mediumship only to take like, you know, seven back. <laughs> and then we take three forward and then we go back. It was like this, it's a worthiness thing, really. So um, took the leave of absence from there. Um, I just gave um, them notice that after 22 years of teaching, I left and I am a full-time psychic medium. I just incorporated as an LLC. I'm doing a logo. I am, Danielle, I, I never imagined this would be my life. Um, and that is my journey. And it's, I just, woof, and it's, I wouldn't change it for the world. It, it, it's hard, but you know what? It, it was all, everything was such a blessing in disguise. I just couldn't see it at the time. And I, I was very much in a low vibrational victim role for a long time. And I did the bad thing of comparing my life to other people, which is a no, no, which I know now through part, you know, partly through manifesting too, and learning about souls and soul contracts that everybody's soul is like, is like your fingerprint is so unique and a snowflake is so unique. And I love those metaphors because your soul is so unique. So don't compare your journey to anybody else's because somebody else's mediumship journey is so different than mine. And I love that we can all embrace how we got here. I think it's, it's so exciting <laughs> that we all have a different way of how we got here. I know. I love that. So how do you feel being full-time now? Like, Woo! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. And you know, yeah. And this is such a, it's so great to hear your whole story because we haven't connected that much since I, I left that community. And I'm just like, I've been watching you kind of like make these decisions. I'm like, Debbie, we need to talk. I'm like, I know, and you have been such a cheerleader for me and an inspiration, Danielle, because you did it first and you left. And I was like, look at her go. I'm like, whoa, you just like, here I come. And it was amazing to watch you. And that inspired, that inspired me. And you were just so kind and you would cheer me on. And I, I, you have no idea how much that means. I mean, it all plays a part in where I am now, you know, it just, it does. And I have other people in my life that have showed me that I could live my freedom. There's somebody in my life who's close to me who has his own business and showed me clearly that Debbie, you can do this. I live my passion. You can live your passion. And I was like, oh, he was just having sent to me to be like, I can do this. Yeah. So. Well, congrats on incorporating and branding up and all that fun stuff. <clears throat> That's the stuff I'm so passionate about as you can, you, tell, you took you. my podcasting course. So yes, I'm big on like the brand awareness and brand authority and stuff like that. So congrats. I'm so excited for you. And how interesting I mean, we said this before we started recording, but the similarities in our stories are pretty, like I started developing in my thirties too. My breakdown was November, 2018. I went back March, 2019. Um, I quit within a couple days, but then they were like, what do you want? Gave me everything I wanted. Still wasn't enough. Um, health crisis after health crisis after health crisis. And, and that was the big thing. Like, cause I worked for government and I got like all the perks and benefits, the pension, the best pension in Canada, like 
just like the craziest things and, and the benefits. And when I left, I was like, it's just not worth my health. I'm just not healthy here. I cannot get healthy here. And, um, when you I left happy I, either, right. You weren't truly happy. Correct. Well, yeah. I mean, my thing on happiness is I create happiness. So I would find ways to make it happy in the sense where I would simply like, before I walked in, we called it the black tower. Our office building was actually called the black tower. And so before I walked into the black tower, I would simply just say to spirit, how can I serve today? And so I would have opportunities throughout the day to have really engaging conversations and energizing conversations. I was very respected there. I was really loved there. So I didn't have it very like super severe, but I felt so out of alignment and there were like a few toxic players and it was my fault for letting the toxicity get to me instead of all the good. But that was also just my sign. Like this is, this place is not for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So happiness is a choice for me. I chose to be happy, but I just couldn't, no matter what tools I tried, I just couldn't let the people who were toxic, like not get to me. I was just like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. But the funny thing is when I left, I was willing to let go of all the benefits. You know what? I'm just like, I'll just make more money. And then, you know, if something happens, I'll have the money for it. And then the benefits came like, they're like, Oh, you're, well, you're first nation. So you actually are covered under this benefits plan. So me, and my kids ended up getting free benefits for life anyways. And I'm like, what? Like- wow. <laughs> and so that's when, you know, they're taking care of you and this is really where you should be. And I love how you just said how you could take a step back and see how, um, you would create your happiness. And I love what you said about going into serve. Oh my gosh. I love that. And realizing that they were, the toxicity and the, and the learning. I always say it's always a learning too for us with that. Yeah. So well, I've been very, I've always had a happy disposition. It could be my Sag moon, my Sagittarius moon, but like, I've always been the kind of person that just had to like make my own life, kind of like make my own experience through life. Like, so I've always chosen happiness, like where I can, but make my own mistake. I allow myself to get into the dumps. I actually just learned, I don't know if you're into human design, but I've had like five human design readings and it's like goes over my head every single time. But I looked up one thing the other day that says that I'm an emotional authority. I was like, what does that mean? And what they talk about is being the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. Like I go through both extremes. I'm like, that is so me. So I allow myself to have the lows and embrace them. And then I allow myself to kind of thrive in the highs. Right. But with me, there's not a whole lot of middle ground. It's like very extreme. That's right. But it's like that saying they say to you, you know, be with the emotion, but don't become the emotion, you know, acknowledge it and see where it fits in and bless it and give gratitude for it. And we move on to, you know, why it happened. Yeah. It happened for me, not to me. So, yes, well, I'm excited. So I'm so congratulations on all those big changes. And I was so excited to see you on TV. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I was like, you are so brave. I don't know if I would ever do that. If like, (laughs) A TV show said, would you like come do this on TV? I would literally probably say no, but you are so courageous. Tell us a bit about how that unfolded. It was incredible. Oh my gosh. It it was, it blew me out of the water. Now let's talk about no coincidences and how life is divinely orchestrated and planned and how people are placed in your life for a reason. So how that all came to be was four years ago, there was a, um, the news, the local paper on the front page uh, ran a story about a local police chief who is from a very prominent town here and how he embraces mediums in his own life. And for this person in this town to come forward to do this was like a big deal. So I was like, whoa. So I took that article, I framed it and I put it in my waiting area in my office. I had a gentleman come in one day and I read for him. And at the end, he said to me, I am a police officer. I knew I was in the right place when I saw that article. That man did not um, did not tell me about you, but I know him. And I went, oh my gosh. I said, can you please tell him from me like how I appreciate his vulnerability that a man in, in that position would put himself out there like that? I'm like, that means everything to me, like with what we do. So he got me in touch with this, this chief at the time. And we, the chief was like, call me. We talked for like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. He was asking about my mediumship, my journey, you know, and he said to me, I'd like to make an appointment with you. And I'm like, oh, what? I was like, all nervous, you know? So he comes in like full regalia, Danielle. Like he's like six one, like, oh. And I'm just like, holy shit, can I pull this off? The worthiness comes in again, the worthiness, right? 
So I did his reading and it went really well. <laughs> and um, Spirit gives me a lot of songs in my channeling. And so I, they gave me a specific song for him and he was just like, oh my gosh. And so the reading went really well. We remained in touch for, for the past four or five years. So if he needs guidance and he's a Reiki master as well, he's now retired, he's a Reiki master. So we, he just has been in and out of my life. He wants some guidance, sure, back and forth. So back in January, I was done with my readings and I go look at my phone and there's a text from him. And he says, Deb, the local news station is doing um, a story on grieving to believing. And they are having me on as a Reiki person. They asked for a psychic medium, would you be willing? Well, I sent him the emoji with the eyeballs coming out of their head because it was so unexpected that I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, um, yes. I'm like, I would, you know, and if you would have asked me that, Danielle, like if that would have come, this is the divine timing, because if that um, opportunity would have come in, say, a year ago, I would have said, no way. I am not worthy. Go find some. You know, what? I can recommend five other people you can have for that for that segment. I'm not one of them. And so when it came in, I was like, wow, I'm really growing because I do feel like I, I can step up and do this and embrace this opportunity where, like I said, ask me a year ago. No way. I'll give you five other people that could go and do it. So um, I she we did the um, we did the interview and I just was like, first of all, it took me like, I don't know how long to wrap my brain around it. <laughs> And I just keep saying the better it gets, the better it gets. That's my, my other affirmation um, that I love. And so, yeah, she had me on and she, we talked about um, the other side and we talked about um, what happens when you die. And then at the end, she said to me, how about if you give me a reading? And I was like, oh crap, all right, let's try it. I, you know. And I ended up connecting her with um, one of the loves of her life who he had crossed over from um, an overdose. And so I connected her with him and it was just, it was crazy good and I'm just so grateful. So that's how that, I would have never thought that this man who crossed my path four years ago would four years later be instrumental in helping me, you know, do this segment on the t on TV on the news. I was like, oh boy! So that's how that happens. And he has just sent me so many beautiful clients, and I have sent him Reiki clients. And we know that's this beautiful energy exchange. So yeah, that's how that happened. And I'm just so grateful. I'm, I still process that that I was on the news. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're so courageous, and I absolutely love. Oh, thank you for that. I thank you. I appreciate that so much. So I would love to know a little bit about your journey on going from feeling unworthy to worthy. What was that like for you? And how did that kind of unfold for you? Okay. Who's the worthiness thing that starts, um, that starts at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, my dad and I have a very difficult relationship and, um, I have a sister and, um, my, he and my sister had a very different relationship. And for me, uh, with him and he's, he's, I have to give him a lot of credit. He's come a long way on his healing. So I, I have to give him this, but back when, when I was trying to figure things out, I would be the one that he, it was never good enough. So if it was a B, why isn't it an A? And if it's, you know, and if there are four A's on the report card and a B, well, we're just going to focus on that B and why isn't it good? It's never good enough. Oh, you did this and this and this, but what about this? But what about this? So it was, and the other thing too, the worthiness, it was like, um, not being accepting of who I was. So we know we're highly emotional, very sensitive, oversensitive. I would cry. I would be, you know, and he would just be like, Debbie, you know what? You, you, he could go down the list of all the things that were wrong with me, Danielle, you know, what's wrong with you. And at one point I'd be like, you know what? Save it dad. Cause I can, I can recite that list by memory. I don't need it anymore. So I felt this bit like an inchworm. Like I, I'm not good at, you know, so as a teacher, I try to work on that and saying, I don't want my children that I teach to ever feel like that, ever. So the funny thing is, my, the, I did that with the children. I would pump them up. But then you got a lot of colleague stuff going on as well. For as many beautiful colleagues that I worked with, we also, as you know, we have those other really difficult, challenging ones who, again... I would question my worth. I say this all the time. When I taught, there were so many times I didn't feel seen, heard, or respected. Many times, many, many times. And it, I was like, okay, so I got this at home. Uh, I now have this at work. 
And now you, I'm going to go do my mediumship. And how the hell am I ever going to feel worthy to do this when everyone is telling me, you know, not, you know, well, not everyone, but, you know, at home and you, your family is what, you know, what matters most to you. And when you, you know, your mother, your father, every daughter, all, I say not every, but most daughters want to have this really close father-daughter relationship. I'm the firstborn. My father was not available for that. Emotionally, I know now he has a lot of unhealed stuff that he's never unpacked and dealt with. I can understand that now from doing the work I've done um, and being older. Um, I didn't. And when he would tell me to change, and then that whole thing would also happen in romantic relationships. Worthiness, worthiness from my divorce, from other men. Uh, you know, we tracked a lot, a lot of narcissists being an empath. Um, they would tell me, you, you need to change and you're, you're too sensitive and it's only a joke. And I'm just like, Jesus, I can't be right for anybody. I mean, I was in this one relationship where I was like, oh my God, I'm just not a good person. And I worked like every day to be a good person. And I was just like, no. And finally I was like, no, I am a good person. And my mediumship, the more intense my mediumship came, became, and the more people that I saw that I could help, I was like, okay, I... I really think that I'm, I'm not this person. And part of that worthiness too thing was that breakdown really made me, I had a journey of self-love and self-healing. There were so many things that I did during that time to work on my worth and also to heal that I'm still doing. It's like spirit gave me a checklist of like, Debbie, do this. It's part of the healing, the self-love, self-healing journey, the worthiness journey and do this. So there's like four things right now that I have done that have immensely um, changed my, my view of myself, uh, of my worth, of what I can do. Um, I like to, cause I hear the song right now, give it to me. I'm worth it. Like, yeah, I'm worth it. Baby, I'm worth it. Give it to me. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Yes. And it's so funny. If I sit with a client who has a worthiness issue, I hear that song. It's so funny, but I now know, like, you know, I had a friend, a dear friend. She said to me, she goes, you just don't see yourself who, who you are. And I said, no, we never do. I don't care who you are. We never do. That's just, you know, I said, that's why we, I have beautiful people like you in my life to remind me that I need to step into my light and I need to do my purpose. And so that worthiness has been, and the more, the more that I, I stepped into my mediumship, and the more that I embraced, this is what I'm supposed to do. And the more people that sat in front of me and said to me, you have helped me. You don't understand what you did for me. You, and I would say, it's not me. It's, it's we're a team. I work with spirit. I serve spirit. I'm always humbled and blessed and grateful. And I said, so we work together. And I said, and I'm so happy that I could do this. So the more that that has unfolded to me, I want to say I, I, I have arrived. <laughs> Uh, I'll say I've 98% arrived. You know, we all have those times where we kind of take that little step back. For the most part, though, that has been like, like you said, it starts from childhood and it's just repeated, you know, and I didn't get the, it, it took me a long time to learn that this was a, a soul contract or a learning that I had to do here. That was huge for me, you know, I, and again, I look at even romantic relationships too. Oh my gosh, like, let's talk about worthiness, compromised myself, settled, um, it's just uh, with men who are just emotionally unavailable. My dad was unemotionally available. So like, look at this pattern, you know? So, um, that's how it intertwines with my mediumship. My mediumship, um, made me uh, realize my worth and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for each and every person who has played a part in this, this, I say this crazy adventure and in this journey that I'm on. I love it. I thank them. Yeah. So do you, have you ever had readings that haven't gone well and you've questioned your worth like after oh, them? Hell yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm playing with this philosophy around conditional power, right? Like this is going to be, this is kind of what I feel. I do um spirit messages every month on my podcast and spirit's already bringing me stuff for April and it's around conditional power, how we're only powerful under the condition that we're being externally validated. Right. And so yes. they're giving me all the different, this is, I love inspirational mediumship is kind of my next path in my mediumship journey. Yeah. And so they're bringing me all these different philosophies around conditional power. And I see it so aligned with mediumship being conditional, right? We're only in our power if we're being told we're accurate or it's understood, et cetera, et cetera. So Danielle, that's so true. And that is such a key point. Absolutely. I've had many of those. I've had many of those 
Uh, it's not all rainbows and butterflies all the time. And I say to people, listen, this this passion, because I don't like to call it work, it's not work for me. This passion is not for the faint of heart. It, it just is not. You have to be willing to take the good, to take the bad. It's about resiliency. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. Yes, I have. And, it, and I have to tell you, it has taught me again about my worth and about myself um, and to just get back up because I love doing this so much. And what can I learn from that? That's the other thing I've learned too with that when you give that reading that you feel like you are knocked down a couple of pegs, especially when you know it's a, I'll say it's one of those intense readings where it's like a parent that's looking to connect with a child and you're just like, oh man, you know? And that is, um, I've learned to, to, it's also that trust and worthiness with spirit as well. Like, you know, it takes three of us to make this happen, make it happen. Right? <laughs> so it just takes three of us to make it happen. And I've also learned to like with the worthiness to just know that I'm worth spirit is teaching me that I am worthy to do this work and we're going to come through for you every time. And if it's not always a great reading, it's because we're trying to teach you something because we love you so much because we love you so much because you're doing a great job. You know, you're, you're never done learning. And that's also the teacher in me. You're never done learning. And there's always something new. And we both know that you, our mediumship will change and grow and become different. And I, I know we both can relate to that over 20 years. Like it's just crazy good, but that's, that's so true. And such a, oh, an, an amazing point that is so valid on this worthiness journey for sure. Yes. Well, yeah. because I tell people in my journey, like I was always maybe oblivious. I wouldn't say I was always assured in my life, but I had a little bit of a rainbow and butterfly lens on life. And it wasn't until my first husband broke up with me because I was fat <laughs> from Miami. He called me from Miami. I was in Vancouver and he was like, I'm not coming back. You're too fat. Like you need to find someone who loves you. It was like, I know, I know. Trust me. He did this. And it, I was, I was 23 at the time. And this oh was the first time that I felt judged. And oh. it was the first time that I kind of came into like this insecurity in my life. And so for, from then on, I was trying to build up my worth again. And I was finally in a place where, you know, I got really athletic and I was like boxing competitively. And I was like, really kind of like feeling my power, um, had some really good fortune in my life, ended up in Squamish. And then it wasn't until I discovered my mediumship abilities again, that my worthiness came up again, where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I insecurity kind of came up all over again. Right. So this whole path for me developing these past eight years has been really kind of like this, like roller coaster of emotions with worthiness on this path. And that's why I'm playing with a philosophy around conditional power, because I see that within my own practice, right. Where it's like, I get knocked down if I don't feel like I met expectations. And then I get bumped up if I feel like I did meet those expectations. And how do we get to a place as readers where we can just stay in the middle and just serve, just serve without our ego attached and just serve without our, our will kind of attached to the outcome. So anyways, I just kind of wanted to, to give you a little bit of, I see you, I feel that so much. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's been a big theme of my life as well as around the worthiness. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of similarities. How funny with the weight thing myself, I said, you had a weight loss journey. So true. And I love your that term conditional power. I've never heard that. I, I really love that. That is fear gave it to me this week. It right. rings true. It's, oh my gosh. I really love that. It, yeah. it makes so much sense. Yeah. I, I had a big shift after my grief last year where the mediumship really kind of like shifted for me. And I've been kind of following spirits cues on like, like, where do you want me to go with all this? Like everything's really shifted. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast too much, but the old way of doing my mediumship kept burning me out. And I was like, why, like, why can't, why is it not the same than before I had this big grief experience? And then they started showing me in dreams. Like I would wake up with the word inspirational mediumship, inspirational mediumship. I'm like, what is this? And I finally asked Lauren Rainbow. She was a guest mentor in my, in my community. I love her. I know. I love her so oh. much. We're going to do so much stuff together. And she said, she's like, I have an inspirational mediumship card in my freaking deck. And I, have so, I know her deck, the, the mediumship um, foundation deck or, or whatnot. And I just love her so much. And so my journey with mediumship now is really around inspirational mediumship. And so this, this is how it works for me. I find is like, they just pop in these words in my head and I'm like, what is that? And I follow the curiosity and the philosophy kind of like builds around it. Cause that's like my big passion is spiritual philosophy. Right. 
So anyways, they kind of gifted me it this week and I've been really playing with it for the April spirit messages. So happy to see it kind of like applied here. Uh, yes. And grow. <laughs> what I just got is divine inspiration right now, as you were talking is spirit. I just heard spirit clearly say to me, you're going to write a book. Oh, so, <laughs> uh, you're taking all of this is taking you some, I'm just passing on the message because I heard it so clear that it's like you've got the when I got a smorgasbord, you've got like this smorgasbord of stuff that's just gonna all like come together, like huge. <laughs> I don't know, but I just heard it very clearly as you were talking. I had to pass that message on to you. <laughs> okay, covered in shivers. This is like where my passion is. This is come. I love the teaching, right? Is because I get a share of philosophy where possible. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'm just so excited right now, like talking about this. So I want to actually ask if you would be willing to share the four things that you're doing that help you get to the self-worthiness only if you want to. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Everyone needs to know. (laughs) Yes. I know. Tell us the secret. (laughs) So the things that I do that have really helped me get on my path is I really, um, I always say, like I said before, consistency, not perfection, but I have, um, started this gratitude practice and it really started like intense, intense during, um, COVID you know, the intense, like a year ago, because I know we're still in COVID now, but I mean, like intense COVID when it just went down a year ago. And I started with, because um, I was coming off of the breakdown. And so I started with, I do affirmations every day. That's one one thing that I do. And I started with just writing them every day. I am, and whatever came to my mind, I am fierce. I am powerful. I am worthy of a loving relationship. I am love. I am creative. I would just get out of bed. I come downstairs to my kitchen and there would be my pencil and, and my pen and my paper. And I would just write them. So I do affirmations. I don't write them anymore, but I do say them. My favorite one is I am enough. Oh my gosh. Look at that. The other one is when I got to look in the mirror and this one took a hard, this was hard to do. Um, when I would look at myself and go, and I love you, that was hard to do at the beginning. I can do it with conviction now. Um, but I couldn't do it for a long time. So I do affirmations. Um, I have a gratitude journal before I open my eyes and actually, you know, when I get out of bed, before I get out of bed, I have this journal. I take it. I have my pen and paper. This I do write down. I write down my, um, my, my, what I'm grateful for right now. Mostly it's every morning. I'm grateful for my health and I'm grateful for my family's health. And then I write down two or three other things. It's not long. It's like three things that I'm grateful for. Then I have two inspirational books that I read one page from. So I read a page of inspiration. Um, I write down my gratitude. And uh, the two books that I have, I love Coffee with Colby, Colby Rebel. I love her book. She's got, I read, and when I get to the end, I start again from the beginning. Um, and I highlight certain um, of those messages that really resonate with me where I am on my path so I can go back and find them. The other book that I use um, for um, my, my inspiration and, and worthiness is um, Mike Dooley, Notes from the Universe. He was all about being a part of the secret. So he came out in September with this compilation that's thick, thick, thick of all of his notes from the universe. I love. So I read a page of inspiration from there, a page from Colby. I do my gratitude. I do my I am's. I am this, I am that. And then I set intentions for the day. So I set things. So lately my intention is I, I set the intention. I'm going to use the time today, uh, my time today, effectively and efficiently. That's my big one right now. So I, um, I set my intentions. I do affirmations. I do a gratitude journal. Um, and that's what I've done to help me with my worthiness. The other thing I've done with my worthiness that um, I find during the day, during the day, I will also start giving thanks for things. I will just say thank you for this because in, um, I love that book. This book has been also, talk about manifesting. This book has been huge on my manifesting journey. Not so much The Secret. The Secret kind of introduced me, but Rhonda Byrne has another book called The Power. This book has changed my life. That's where my gratitude practice came from. And that's when my worthiness also started to all come together from that book. Um, and I start, well, I just got to chill down my left leg when I said that to you, my gosh, but those are the things that have been huge on my, my journey to worthiness. And it has raised my vibration because, you know, I always say we, you try to find this equilibrium between the ego and the higher self. And when you can find that balance, you're in a very scary, good, dangerously fabulous place. And I'm there. I'm there, girlfriend. I'm there. And, and I'm not looking back. And when, and when, and when the ego comes in, I give her a name, her name is Margaret. And this is what I tell Margaret, my, my, this is the other thing, part of my worthiness too, that I, I do. 
Margaret comes in every once in a while. I'm like, listen, uh, I'm all about good vibrations right now. So um, you are not going to tear me down. So, you know, I tell people, think of your, your safe place or your, my place of peace is the beach all the time. And um, especially as an empath to ground. So that's where I find peace. So Margaret comes in and I said to Spirit, what are we going to name her? The first name I thought of was Margaret. I go, okay, Margaret, listen, she comes in and I go, listen, you take that big fat beach hat and you put it over your eyes. I go, no, it, pull it down, pull it down more. I go, go sit your ass right in that beach chair, read your book and put your feet in the sand because we are loved, we are loved, we are loved and fear and love cannot occupy the same space. So girlfriend, we are loved and that's it. Yes, I love that. Mine is doubting Darla. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Yes. And you know, this is mine. Like I have, I'm showing her, she's on my computer, but I have my screen saver on my phone that basically just says, I approve of myself. Oh, I love like that. That's just one of my big mantras I use on my worthiness. Cause like, even before we started talking and you said, Danielle, like you just blew up. I immediately contract because I don't see myself like that. Oh. Right. Like I don't, I still don't, I don't see the success like everyone else has seen it I still feel like an inchworm a lot of the time oh wow. a lot of the time and people don't see that and that's how I feel almost all the time I'm always scared to go live I'm always scared to show up for class I'm always scared to show up for readings I'm still walking through fear every day and like you say it's not like this recovering from it it's like building resilience to it yes. so even though I still walk through that all the time and I'm always honest with my audience about that the resilience I have what used to take me weeks to overcome now takes minutes to overcome because of the practices right and so me saying to myself constantly throughout the day every minute I get I approve of myself it takes away that conditional power I don't need someone else to approve of me to feel powerful it's about kind of coming back into self right and so that's the mantra I use so I love these books, I'm going to post them in the show notes and your four yes. steps. They've been I very influential in my life and, and changing things and turn the beat around. <laughs> you should be like the same as I am. <laughs> I hear it like it's on the radio. I can't. It's like, it's, it just comes You out. know, I don't remember song lyrics like at all. Like my daughter can hear a song. She's seven years old. And like, she was singing each other songs in bed. I can still remember Jerry Doucette's Mama Let Him Play. I don't know if anyone remembers that song. I had it on vinyl when I was a kid. And I can remember, I think, I don't even know who sings this, but um, see, I can't even remember. I don't remember his lyrics at all, but my daughter can hear one song and she knows all the words. I'm like, how do you, she's correcting me as I'm singing like Katy Perry. She's like, no mom, it goes like this. And I'm like, oh my God. I don't remember any songs. So no. spirit does not come through me for, through songs without a doubt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's what makes us all unique. And I love that we all receive differently. That's what makes mediumship beautiful. I just think that's what makes the craft of mediumship so beautiful. Yes. Okay. One final thing I want to talk to you about on this podcast, because it's unique to your story in a way I get DMS about this all the time. Like, I think I have two sitting in Instagram right now. I still need to respond to, because I do talk about my husband, not really believing in this, but me steaming for it. Anyways, how do you do that? I don't know. I'm like, we're not one person. We're two different people. We are allowed to be different and still kind of cohabitate the same space and have the same goals and desires, right. Outside yeah. of our passion. Yeah. But for you growing up Catholic, and having this family who really kind of maybe saw what you were doing as like a sin or this is kind of sin, like, how do you stay true to your path and your desires, having um, that energy kind of around you? How did you overcome that? And what advice do you have to people who are kind of in a similar situation? What a great question, Danielle. Oh my gosh. Um, it, that also played on my worthiness because you would, you want your family to love and embrace what you do. Um, and they, like I said, they have come so far um, on that. I say to people, I've come to the place too, where I say, I'm, I'm not here to prove myself to you. I know what I do and I feel so good in what I do. And I also say, listen, I don't care what you call it. God, source, the universe, Allah, I don't care. I, I love this metaphor. Spirit showed it to me one day. Um, whatever you want to call this, this divine source, this beautiful energy, this God that you want, that you, you know, whatever you believe in, um, they put me in the pasta aisle in, in the, the grocery store. And they basically said to me, 
you see all these different kind of pastas? But in the end, pasta is pasta. It's different shapes, different sizes. But in the end, you boil it and, and you cook it. And, and it's, all, it's all one in the same. So the same thing with like source and, and energy, it's all one. So I just say to people to listen. So God, um, universe, whatever, gives everybody a special gift. And the universe would never give you a gift to do bad with. The universe gives you a gift. To, it comes from love. You, you come from this place of love. They give you this gift out of love and you go forward in love to do what you're supposed to do. And I was raised Catholic. So I also look at it this way. I look at it as Jesus was a medium. I don't care what people say. In my opinion, this is my opinion only. He, he healed he foretold the future. He had prophets and disciples. And I feel like all of us, you know, the people that do this work, who, whatever you believe in, you're the, the prophet or you're the healer or you're the, and that's kind of how I, you know, say to people that this is what I do. And this is where I find my, my worth. And, and I've come to the place to really honor and know that you, it's going to take a lot for you to knock me off that because um, I, it really rings true for me in such a big, big way, especially the whole pasta thing. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like it, it's all one and it, it's all from love. And so it's going to take a lot. And for a long time though, I will say to you, when people would say that to me, it would knock me like you, it would knock me right off my worthiness. And I would just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, they're judging me and I can't do this. And I, I am, or I want to do the opposite. I would do your conditional power, I would say to myself, okay, I'm going to just blow them away by saying this, that, and that. I've stopped all of that. You know what? This is what I do. I know what I do. I love what I do. I got this gift from universe source and God, and that's how I embrace it and go forward. So thank you for that question. That was so- And the rest of the world can catch up, right? It's like- And like my, my family has now, they understand and they will ask me questions. And so we've come- so far with that, I have to say, you know, it's, we're at a really great place with that right now. Yeah. That's so. kind of the approach I took to you is just around like, this is my passion. I'm steaming forward and either it will inspire you or it's just two separate things that we, we just don't have in common and that's perfectly fine. Right. Absolutely. It is. Yes. Yeah. Or sometimes I like to say we grow in that vibration together. Sometimes it just takes a little time and then we're like, Oh, you know, we just have to do this little growing. I call it like a growing pain. And then like, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And even if that doesn't happen, you, it, the respect, the fact that you can, like, like you said, there has to be that mutual respect there. And there is, it's huge. I feel it. There's a huge mutual respect there. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Think about your pasta analogy and I have to laugh because my four-year-old son will only eat, he calls it slurpy pasta. So like the long pasta and my daughter will only eat twirly pasta. So it's like, I'm, if we're having, I have to cook two different pastas like every time because they will not eat different pasta. I'm like, it's just pasta. It's all the same. <laughs> Oh my God, that is so funny. Okay, that is so, no coincidence again. No coincidence. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh, oh. So fun. So congratulations. I mean, I'm so glad we got to have this interview. Um, I'm so glad we, I get to share you with the Spirit School audience so that it can, again, people are always looking for these inspirational stories of people who have made leaps towards their passions and it happened in perfect time for you. So yes. how can people find out more about you and work with you? Like drop your handles and I'll put them in the show notes below as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank, this has been such an honor. I've enjoyed sharing my story so much. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It truly, I'm, I'm so grateful. Just thank you. Um, and um, you can find me. I am on, I, I do like you. I'm very, I do my social media. I like involved in being involved with my followers. So I am on Instagram as Debbie Squizero medium. I'm on Facebook, Debbie Squizero psychic medium. And then I have a YouTube channel where I am Debbie Squizero evidential medium. <laughs> so I'm there. My website, two ways you can find me. You can find me under my name, Debbie Squizero.com or because spirit gives me so many songs. I love this. This is the new one. I, I just got this, this domain. So you can find me under, and you'll appreciate this. You can find me under singing medium 
singingmedium.com. Now, if you put the singing medium, there's a, a girl in Canada that comes up. It's so funny. Who's the singing medium. That is so funny. I was like, oh my God. So I have singingmedium.com. So that's where, those are all the places that um, you can find me. I have a, a workshop that's coming up too um, in May with um, another woman. We're going to talk about um, grief and um, how to cope with grief. Uh, she's a mom that lost her son. And so she's going to talk about how she got through that. And I'm going to talk about the other side and give a few readings. And so I have that beautiful workshop that the flyer should be up in a couple of weeks. So that's something that's coming up in May. I have that all day. Okay. And there'll be links below. So people can just like quick link them. Um, did you hear me earlier call you the singing medium? Isn't that so funny? <laughs> like that is so funny. The medium or the singing medium. That's so funny. Well, yeah. thank you, Dubs. And oh. if so, get to connect with you. Danielle, th thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one -on -one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish medium the link in the bio has everything i am currently working on in service to the world of spirit have a great day guys